0: Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word.
1: Amen, amen, and we're still in our encounter series, amen, as it's coming to a close, amen, and we've been talking about encounter the faces of deliverance, and we found out that deliverance is not just, okay, you actually laying hands and commanding devils to come out, that is one aspect of it, we understand the first element of deliverance comes by simply just confessing truth, the Bible lets us know it's the truth that you know that makes you free, right? And so our foundational scripture for this portion, we found that into being Luke chapter 4, verse number 18, where Christ was talking about how God had anointed him, right? And the spirit of the Lord was upon him, how God had anointed him, the priest's gospel to the poor, you know, how he was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captains, and to recover the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, right? And so understanding all of this right here, we see now, we're going to get into a portion of the scripture where we're going to see speaking to demonic forces under the auspices or the authority of the Holy Ghost and these demonic forces come in subject having to obey the command that's spoken by the man or the woman of God in Jesus name amen and so if you have your Bibles if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones you can click but if you have your Bibles let's turn to Acts chapter number 16 right y'all know with me everybody get to be some gymnast regardless of your age your weight, or weight to your flexibility so Acts chapter number 16 we're flipping over there and we're going to land a perfect 10 on verse number 16 so Acts chapter 16 landing on verse number 16 if you can indulge me but let's please stand to honor the reading of God's holy word and here begins the reading of God's holy word it says and it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masses much gain by sooth, saying, The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which shew unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them. Uh, to the magistrate saying these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city amen you could be seated in the presence of the Living God and the title of the text that we're going to be working but on today is simply entitled trouble the city trouble the city and as we're talking about trouble the city as believers based on how we live as we govern our lives by the Word of God and live you know according to the kingdom principles and things of that nature there should be trouble in your city amen there should be trouble in your city simply because your presence in the city how you govern and how you carry yourself throughout your city and I'm not saying you got to go vocalizing or not that you are a believer you are a Christian but your lifestyle you should live as a Christian your lifestyle you should live it out loud in other words living as a believer living as a Christian you should live this out loud it should be a boldness about you uh, uh, the way you live should be empowering to other people because think about it there's something that you have on the inside greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. So you have something on the inside that causes you to You know, have different outcomes when you're faced with different issues and troubles and stresses and the cares of life. You have something, you have someone that you can look to, that being the Holy Spirit, that gives you a different outcome versus the person who's living according to the culture of the world. Amen. So we're saying as Christians, we understand nowadays everybody considers themselves to be a Christian. You go and talk to anybody on the street when you go out evangelizing, you try to talk to them about the good news of the gospel uh, because of their lack of interest in this or because of their, you know, their, their their unwillingness to come subject to the ways of God, the, the, the ways of the kingdom of God and the principles of God's word, they'll tell you, well, I'm a Christian too. You understand? So that's why we're saying to be Christian. For those of us who are Christian, we are really living this thing and we're trying to be like Christ in the earth, right? Versus just saying, I'm a Christian, a casual Christian, but still living, you know, in a profane manner, mixing, you know, clean and unclean things, holy and unholy things as if if God is okay with this uh, let's make it clear he's not okay with this right and so before I get ahead of myself you know uh, 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 I got Timothy Nunez helping me on today right PIT uh, 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 Lewis Nunez is going to be helping me on today to deliver this message is Jesus name as we talk about troubling the city or trouble the city amen So we found that as we're in chapter number 16, well, let's just say this right here. This book of Acts written by the physician, Dr. Luke to Theopolis, right? Uh, It's a book where he's describing the actions of the Holy Ghost, you know, where the Holy Ghost moved in a powerful manner, where the actions or, or the acts of the Holy Ghost were on display as the. Holy Ghost actually used the apostles in a mighty, mighty way, right? So we're talking about the acts of the Holy Ghost or the actions of the Holy Ghost that were on display through the apostles as the Holy Ghost would use them in a mighty, mighty, mighty way, right? And so as we come over to chapter number sixteen, we now find Paul uh, going on his second missionary journey to actually spread the gospel in you know the area known as Macedonia, and Paul has a vision about this. This man is actually appears to Paul in a and he's asking Paul to come you know we need help in Macedonia come and speak this gospel and so Paul is led to go over into Macedonia right and we understand Timothy accompanies him Silas is already with him and you find you know in this you know He has this vision. And then what begins to happen as you move down through the chapter? He begins to meet Lydia. Right. Uh, This woman, this woman of influence, this woman of wealth. Right. Within the culture, within the city. Right. And and, and she says to Paul, you know, listen, I I want you all to come stay with me at my house. Right. I I, want to be able to take care, cater to you guys, serve you guys and all these different things right there. But she says, listen, if you believe, try and see if I'm a person of God. Trust what you hear about me. You understand I'm saying now that's a boldness as a woman speaking to men saying trust what you hear about me when you go pray trust what you hear about me test this thing out to see if I'm a true believer that way you'll know that when you come and abide in my abode that you will actually be safe right so we talk about the need of a woman right the need of a woman the importance of a woman right because oftentimes when we're talking about the scriptures and the gospel therefore preaching the gospel we can try to minimize the woman but we we've already debunked that that's not what paul was actually talking about that a woman cannot actually speak and all those things right there the woman has importance right she has importance right and we'll show you an element of that importance of a woman in the scriptures on today amen so as we go, verse 16 says, and it came to pass and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her mass as much gain by saying." Right now, when when we talk about this, this, this damsel, it said, and it came to pass as we went to prayer prayer when you talk about going to prayer even when we talk about prayer understand this this is what i want us to understand as believers when we're going to prayer right to go and communicate with god to meet god at the altar to meet god at god's table his altar that meeting place the place where god comes and consumes, but where the place where god also comes and communes with us right when we go to the place of prayer not just to speak to god but to give god an opportunity to speak back to us whether god is going to give us instruction meaning telling us us what to do or give us direction telling us where to go right this is where we go we do this in prayer right and so prayer is defined simply as this in this Greek terminology right it's saying a place in the open air where the Jews were accustomed to praying outside the cities where they had no synagogue right so now you have to understand this by now the Roman Empire is in place right and so although the Jews are there they're in Rome right and in Rome right The custom thing, the things that they were customary to they're having synagogues and temples, that's no longer there, right? As they're in the province of Rome, right? Uh, Of this vicinity or the empire of Rome. This is the thing. What the Romans would allow them to do was have certain areas that they can go where they can actually pray and they can actually worship outside. Not having the temple or the synagogue where they can actually go in and worship in it, right? So they had certain places and these places would be near the water, right? And the importance of this because one of the important things Jewish custom is before we go be going pray right in order to cleanse ourselves in order to cleanse ourselves we will have to wash our hands right we would have to wash our hands all the way up to the elbows signifying that i'm cleansing myself of all the filth god of all the impurities before i come to talk to you god about anything before i come into your presence i must be clean right so hence the importance of the place being near the water right so in this definition number two it talks about such places were situated upon the bank of a stream or the shore of a sea where there was a supply of water for washing their hands before prayer. Again, pointing to the fact that they would cleanse themselves thoroughly, that the outward appearance cleansing themselves thoroughly before they would enter the presence of God to go and try to talk to a holy God. Right. So notice the scripture says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us right so this is what i want you to understand there is a certain spirit that is on this way it's a spirit of divination that is using this young girl right and it is coming to meet them as they're trying to go into prayer and that's one thing you have to be informed of believer. anytime you're trying to go and talk to god about something commune with god and communicate to god about something you better understand that a spirit is going to try to come and meet you right and even when you talk about this it met us right understand this Met in the Greek is simply defined as encounter right uh, so this spirit is coming to encounter you in a military sense a hostile meeting right but thanks be unto God even though this spirit is coming to encounter you in a hostile manner and in a hostile way know that God your defender is going to rise up the Lord of hosts is going to fight for you the man of war who's never lost a battle our champion is going to fight for you he's going to defend you he's gonna protect you and he will defeat you enemies and call it your victory see that right there I can appreciate and I can bless God for that right there how he's going to fight this devil and we'll see the authority and the power of God on display as he uses Paul to speak and deal with this demonic force right So the scripture says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination. Right now, one thing we got to talk about this damsel. Right. Damsel in the Greek is defined as a young female slave. Right. Or a maid servant who has charge of the door right and one thing we know about women women are designed to allow things to enter in right and we see even when you go back to the book of Genesis the enemy took advantage of this when he began to talk to Eve right and when I say they are allowed a uh, designed to allow things to come in we're talking about the birthing canal where they bring or birth something into this natural world right they have the ability to allow things to come into this natural world. the enemy took advantage of this when he began to take advantage of Eve deceiving her with his words Right. Hence, we understand the scripture. saw it was Eve, the one who was deceived by the enemy, although Adam partook as well and ate of the fruit. It was Eve, the one that was actually deceiving. Thereby now sin has now had the opportunity to enter into the earth. Friend. Right. So we see definition number two tells us a maid server who has charge of the door doors symbolize or pointed to the fact that something now has the ability to gain access or entrance to right? So this young girl, right? She's now opening the door for the spirit of divination to actually move in the region. And when you understand the spirit of divination as it's moving and operating through this young girl, right? It's sort of like a main attraction within the city, right? So it's bringing not just the master's money, but it's also bringing the city money because as people will hear of her so-called prophet lion and things of this nature right here and speaking things and, and, and to, to, to move in the spirit of divination is basically to move under the influence of a spirit right basically consulting other deities or other uh Occult forces or spirits, demonic forces, right? Speaking knowledge that that these demonic forces are given to her and she's speaking it to them. Now, now, that's not to say that she's not speaking accurate things. The difference is where she's speaking or getting her information from is from a source of darkness. We who prophesy on behalf of the Lord God, because prophets speak on behalf of God, priests speak on behalf of the people to God. So, as prophets, when we're speaking on behalf of God, we're speaking or our our source comes from God Himself, who is light, who is truth. Whereas when they're being utilized by the spirit of divination, when you see this witchcraft and sorcery and things in this nation, the occult type things, they're being now influenced by a spirit of divination, a spirit of witchcraft, right? Sources that are coming from the side of darkness, right? So this influence is coming from a dark place. It's, 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 it's mixture, it's profane, it's mixed with some elements of truth, but mostly deception and lies, right? So this is what I want you to understand understand she's opening the door for the spirit to actually move and operate and she's become a main drama attraction within this this region right here so she's bringing money not just to her masses but also to the cities per se and so understand when you mess with the money listen the city is going to be troubled by the fact that you're messing with the money messing with the money right so even when we talk about this damsel, this damsel, a young girl, the scripture is depicting that she's a young girl. And any time when you start seeing women or, or young girls in the Bible, it is an indication or it's a pointing to the church. It's a representation. It's symbolic of the church. It's her being a young girl is symbolizing or uh, pointing to the fact of the next generation of the church, this younger generation of the church. And mind you, if you don't remember, I'm going to bring you back up to speed when we initially started the encounter countess portion, uh, 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 the faces of, uh, of, of worship, right? We started with the scripture where Christ you know he, he encountered the mother and her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil again pointed to the mother denoting this older generation of the church and then her daughter pointed to the fact that this was this was the younger this up-and-coming younger generation of the church who was possessed right and so he would see it again in scripture a young female pointing to or symbolic of the church is possessed again the number two denotes a witness so God has given you a witness about about this younger generation why we have to intercede and pray because where there's no intercession where there's no intercessors there will be a lack of encounters with God this is why we have to pray and intercede for this younger generation of the church so that they can have encounters with God because to have encounters with God God is going to cause them to be set free from the demonic possession you know where the enemy is now trying to possess this younger generation because if we're not careful the enemy is going to steal an entire generation from us if we're not careful. So uh, it's important that we mention that she's representative of the younger generation of the church where the enemy already has his hands upon them. Some of them or most of them are already possessed, don't want anything to do with the church, uh, don't want anything to do with Jesus. Right. They're so they're so uh, content with just, you know, following the culture of society. So content with just having knowledge, being able to go and get knowledge and think they know everything, don't, don't know really much of nothing. You understand what I'm saying? But we have got to intercede and pray so that they can have an encounter with god so that in having an encounter with god god will cause them to be delivered from this bond this possession of the enemy right now take it a step further when it's talking about this certain demons who's possessed with the spirit of divination right This spirit of divination simply put interpreted in the greek is saying it's a spirit spirit of python or a python spirit, right? I don't know if there's some of you who might be familiar with the python spirit terminology or the serpent spirit, right? And when you hear them talk about in the serpent spirit, they're simply talking about this python spirit, right? And what we know about a python in the natural world, this is a type of snake, right? Uh, and what it does is it's a snake that, that, that launches out, strikes out to bite its prey, only to Call it back in to actually constrict it. Right, it's a constricting type snake. Right, and what this constriction is doing is it's it's suffocating its prey. Right, cutting off its life support, its breath, its ability to breathe properly. So what we see, what the enemy is trying to do by means of using a spirit of divination or the python or serpent spirit, it is trying to cut off the life of the next generation before they even have a real opportunity to live in Christ. Because we know Jesus came that we may have have life and have it more abundantly so before they get introduced to Jesus Christ have an encounter with Jesus Christ the enemy is already trying to constrict or squeeze the life out of the younger generation but we need an assessor to stand up and pray so that they will have an encounter with God so God can set them free right Now, when you talk about this python spirit, right, in Greek mythology, it talks about how the origins is coming from this Pythia, right, this Pythia, who was a Greek, basically a Greek high priestess, right, in the temple of Apollo. And the thing was, you know, there's there's all different things surrounding this right here, but this is where it was known from and and basically she was known as this high priestess in the in the temple of apollo she was known as the oracle of delphi right and and one of the things that she did she would be giving prophetic words you know what i'm saying and speaking to things concerning the future not only that they would come to consult her and receive counsel about the affairs of wars or about politics and i thought that was interesting considering what we got going on in the world today there was wars that are taking place and then you know as we enter into 2020 right it is going to be a, a a heavy political move taking place as we're getting ready to usher in you know whether President Biden remains president or we're ushering in a new president right uh, we're going to have a heavy political move in 2024 right so I thought it was interesting how this spirit right here has a major influence in political things and things of war right I also thought the fact that it's a woman, and when you talk about these political things, I'm about to jaywalk over here for just a minute, y'all. I'm going to come back, but I'm about to jaywalk just a minute, right? Because when you talk about the elements of politics, right, and this this, this spirit, right, this this can be traced all the way back to the spirit of Asherah, right? Asherah is 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 really the origin of this whole transgender type thing, right? And I thought it was interesting, right? Uh, 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 you got this 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 spirit moving through this female, right? who's been consulted about politics and even when we talk about politics now right politics are trying to define what a woman is remember I told you the importance of a woman we need the woman right we need the woman she's important but now and this is my thing we got this question that's swirling around society now what is a woman how do you define a woman right yeah I said it I'm gonna go all the way here right and this is my thing right you see them now trying to modify the body of a man giving him the actual you know what I'm saying body parts of a woman this is my thing you're trying to take the body parts of a woman from the original and now put it on something else right modify and consider it to be good right the modified thing is better than the original thing and we're trying to figure out what a woman is I I, 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 I you understand what I'm saying like like the perversion of this right here we're questioning what a woman is but you can take her body parts and now modify on the man and and, and put your seal of approval upon this and call this a woman and say this This is what are you serious? And you're not know saying she's a sis and all of these different things. No, she's a woman. God called her woman. That's what she is. And, and he, he allowed Adam to actually name her, and she became Eve, right? So so this is the thing where the enemy is trying to steal the identity of a woman. Because I found the industry. We have not, society is not questioning what a man is, but we're questioning what a woman is or, or who a woman is. Why isn't this going both ways that we're questioning a woman and, and questioning what a man is? We're just questioning what I want because she is the doorway to things. She has the ability to bring things into the earth frame, right? A man is nothing more than a, 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 a depositor. She's a carrier. She's a receiver, right? And she becomes a birther after she receives and carries, but she becomes a birther. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And it's it's a, it's, it's it's not a wonder why, why she, you know, uh, uh, her 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 nature is being or coming under attack. The woman the woman the woman the woman symbolizes the church right it's it's, it's no wonder that the church and culture the church right or the ways or the principles of God and the ways and the principles of the kingdom are coming under attack right Uh, one of the major things that concerning the ways of God and the principles of the kingdom is our ability to speak right to speak what thus saith the Lord and now they're trying to attack our free speech right if we speak about these things that we say we believe that is housed in the bible and they're now trying to label some things as hate speech right but as believers here I say right again this is why we're troubling the city right and and, and listening Ahab points to this when he talks about Elijah he told Elijah listen you're a troublemaker right you are a tr- as a prophet the prophet was a troublemaker to all those things that King Ahab was trying to do this profane worship this this mixing of unclean and, and, and unholy things right this prophet Elijah was a troublemaker to this wicked king his stance in the things of God his stance for the things of God the ways of God holiness is still right it troubled this king and as believers, we should still be screaming out, yelling out holiness is still right to the fact that it troubles our city. We still should be screaming holiness is right in our households, in our communities, in our, in our cities, right? Because this is what's going to trouble the city. Now, if you're afraid to, to verbalize this, vocalize this aloud, then you should live out loud. You should live as a believer so out loud that it's still troubling the city. He says, and it came to pass, as it went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us. This met again, we talked about, was to encounter. It was to encounter in a military sense or a hostile manner, knowing that God is going to encounter your enemy. And so it says, if she brought her masters much gain by soup And this soup saying again points to this divination again, which is operating under the influence of something evil, an evil influence, demonic influence, where. Where you're receiving information from a demonic influence or from the kingdom of darkness. Now relaying this information as if it came from the holy God. Now, this is the thing for those who move and operate in soothsaying. It's as if they're out of their mind. So now you can see attached to this or what operates or connects to soothsaying or divination is a spirit of insanity or a spirit of lunacy. Acting like a maniac. Talking out of your mind as you sit in there moving and operating and chances and chanting and all these different things. Eyes flip it all back in your head. See, when God speaks to this, our eyes don't have to roll back in our head. We don't have to fall on the floor and convulse and things of that nature right there. We don't have to stand here and just shake it. No. He said in verse 17, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these, these, he said, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, when you when you think of this right here, these these men, this spirit is speaking through this girl. And she's basically saying, these men are the servants of the most high God. Remember, this is Greek mythology this is pagan worship pagan gods pagan deities right within the culture and this woman being possessed with the spirit of divination right this spirit is speaking to us saying these men are the servants of the most high god which god though Because these spirits are not trying to bring attention to the most high God, that being Yahweh or Yeshua. They're not trying to bring attention to that God. So which God are you referring to or calling or deeming to be the most high God? It is indeed a pagan God. So as this spirit is doing, it is trying to give the appearance of the illusion that these men are actually in operation with her. They're actually, you know what I'm saying, siding with her, working together with her, coming to do the work of their false God. their false deity right who they're claiming to be the most high God now Paul is hearing this daily as she's following them and saying these men are the service of the most high God which show unto us the way of salvation and then as you move down to verse 18 it says and this did she many days so we're saying she's doing this day after day this spirit is speaking through her concerning them daily but it comes a point where Paul, he gets grieved by this. And in, in the Bible says, though, that he turned and said to the spirit, not the young girl. Because, see, there, there are times you got to look past the person that the spirit is using, the vessel that the spirit is using, and speak to the spirit that is in operation, right? And there are telltale signs when the spirit is in operation, right? There are things that the physical body is going to do, right? There was contorting of the face, uh, you know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's different smells and different things. There are movements and things like that. There is even sound in how the Spirit talks, right, through the vessel. Paul being sensitive to these things uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit being able to discern you know the spirit that is in operation from the actual girl herself right Turned and said to the spirit not the young girl but to the spirit I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ now here is that authority of Christ here is that authority of the Holy Spirit working through the apostle Paul as he turns and says I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and she came out this uh, and he came out the same hour right so notice the authority that is on display of speaking in the authority of the name of jesus christ one thing that we know about the name of jesus christ that name it is Power. We heard the old folks say there is power in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. And one thing that I found out, the name of Jesus, it is effective, right? When you call on the name, but when you stand in the authority of that name, you will be effective in what you're trying to do. Too many times we say the name, but we're not really moving in the authority of the name. Oh, Lord have mercy. If I could just get the believers to stand in the authority of the name and we'll see the effectiveness of this name on display. We'll see the authority of the name of Jesus on display. Then we'll see healings and miracles and signs and wonders taking place, demons being cast out all in the name of Jesus Christ now this is what I like for him to command he was ordering he was charging the spirit by the authority of Jesus Christ to come up out of her and when you get to these two little words to come out of right or out of right these two little words it's defined as of of any kind of separation of one thing from another So, to charge to command to order the spirit to come out he was saying listen there has got to be a separation from use demonic force and this young uh, damsel right there has got to be a separation from from this demonic operation within the church itself right the church has to move and operate under the auspices of the holy ghost by the leading of the holy spirit we cannot have any other outside influences moving inside the church where you got people in the church flowing in witchcraft flowing in divination talking about this is what the lord is saying a dust saith the lord when it's another force of darkness speaking to them and they're attaching the name of jesus christ to it the devil is alive we need real men and women of God who are going to stand up and speak the holy, the holy, I to say it, the holy oracles of God and not speaking under the influence of some demonic force from the kingdom of darkness out of of any kind of separation of one thing from another by which the union or fellowship so see the fellowship with demonic forces right or having a union with demonic forces this union or fellowship of the two it is destroyed right see this is the effectiveness of the authority and the effectiveness of the name of jesus christ it destroys that union and the fellowship that you have with this demonic force right it it brings about a true separation dividing you from that thing that was evil now separating you from that thing is destroyed it is destroyed not leaving room for things to actually come in or leaving the door open for things to actually come back in no it's destroyed this is why when that devil is cast out it has to go seeking a dry place because the union and the fellowship has been destroyed. Where you just had access to abide in this temple, which is supposed to be the Holy Ghost, it has been destroyed. You have been served an eviction notice. You got to come out. You got to come out. right? And so we see by Paul moving in the authority, standing and speaking in the authority of that powerful name of Jesus Christ, commanding that spirit to come out. He destroyed the union and the fellowship that this demonic force had with this young girl or he's destroying this this union and fellowship that the enemy is trying to have with the church or with this younger generation. We need some people to rise up and speak by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and destroy the union and the fellowship that the enemy is trying to have with this younger generation and command them to come out so that they can be set free this same hour when you speak it they can be set free in Jesus wonderful name and we're going to pass this thing over to Timothy Nunez in Jesus wonderful name amen
0: You can hear and you can see me. If you can, let the moderators in the back know that everything is working as smoothly as it can. Everything good? Everything good? Okay, cool. So you can see me? Can you hear me? You can hear me. Thank you guys so, so much. appreciate you, Paul Nelson. (laughs) We were joking last night about if, if this is Timothy and Paul in the scriptures, then he'll be Paul and I'll be Timothy uh but anyway as we continue in uh in these set of scriptures um we find ourselves and i want to touch on verse 18 just a little bit as well as we're talking about this area of troubling in the city because one thing that we have to understand in order for us to get to that place where not only are we troubling the city we have to get to a place where we first believe right we're we're seeing paul uh walk in this place of authority And before we can get to a place where we are troubling the city or that we take our stance, we first have to make sure that we are operating and walking in a place that we believe this word that we say that we believe. Amen. It says, and she did this many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out in the same hour. And I was looking at this. I was like, okay, why so many days? Why so many days? And when you think about why so many days, what the purpose and the intent of this woman came, as even as Pastor Lincoln was talking about, how you go into prayer, you go in purpose. Because remember, even before Paul came to Macedonia, the reason why they went is because God gave them a vision. God gave them vision. Go to Macedonia. We need your help. He saw the vision. And then when he saw the vision, he came. But even when God speaks to you, what you have to be mindful of is the enemy's job is to try to distract you. To try to take you off course, to try to take you off balance, to try to move you away what you know you've said God told you. And how do you do this? Sometimes it takes repetition. It says she did this so many days. When you hear something over and over, two things can happen. You either believe that what you're hearing or you don't. And most times the repetition of something, even when you think about music, you hear something repeatedly or the, the repeat of, you know, this rhythm. And it, it's like, it's like, now you can't shake the song out your head that you heard in the mall. There's something about repetition. And here she is, even though she's saying something that it looks from the outside is a godly thing to say, this repetition of it, it's throwing, she's trying to throw them off. She's trying to get them to doubt the vision that he saw. Try to get them to doubt what he said, God said, that we're supposed to do. When you hear this thing over and over, how you start struggling with what you hear. Mm. That's why it's important to be amongst the believer because we are supposed to be a people where iron sharpen iron and give each other the word. But when you come into certain places, you know, we all got to go to work. We all got to go shopping. We all got to go to certain, pla- uh, you know, areas to make sure that we're providing and getting our daily needs of life. You can come and you have to be mindful of the, the areas that you go into. You know, like I say, sometimes you could be in the mall and it's just like that, that song that pulls on. Ooh, I remember that one back in 1998. And all the lyrics come back. And the riffs. <laughs> Lord. And so we have to be careful because and that's why we have to make sure that even in where that we go, that we neglect not the fellowship of the saints. Why they were together, because there's something that's going to come to throw you off balance, to agitate you, to say something that is going to get you off. Goes, when we look at this, it goes back to a way it goes back to the way in which something was said. So look, look at this real quick. And it talks about he was. When he talks about how she was agitating him, right? This thing that she's saying, how sometimes when we hear certain things that are. It can cause the agony. It can cause, you know, it can it can make you walk in a place where you begin to not only doubt what God has spoken to you. You second guess what God has spoken to you. You get distracted by this purpose, right? That or what you said that this vision that you gave and even I thought it was purposeful, how how God did it, how he sent him. Here's this woman who operates as an oracle, a place of divination, someone who says that they see vision and that they're able to give insight to the future. But here's God. Let me show you what real vision is. Let me show you how when you come into my presence that I can really speak to you about how things are supposed to go moving forward where people. And this is what's crazy. People will pay to go see a fortune teller. People will pay to go see, you know, their and get their palms read and go meet these kind of people. And here's the word for free. But we don't want to come to the church. Here's the word for free where you can get something out of the word that will speak to where you need to go. But people will go pay because some, you know what it is? The word will first deal with where you are right now, your heart. Well, God, I don't really want to talk about my heart. I want to talk about uh, this marriage that, I, that I'm wanting this year. And God is like, well, before you even can get to a marriage, let's deal with the fact that do you even have a heart prepared to be a spouse? And a lot of times when we're when, you know, here's this word for free that people are running from, but they'll go and pay because I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to talk about my inside. I don't want to talk about what's going on in here. I just want what I want. I just want what I need. I just want the right now. Speak to me about this guy. So if I can't get it here, i go get it somewhere else and they'll pay. They'll go to Macedonia and pay the oracle and pay to get my palm read. It ain't even a clear word. And it's so general sometimes that it's just like, and then this is the thing, because even when you look at the history of like these types of oracles, it said that they they muttered or they, it was almost like they stammered that even when they were getting the vision, you know, from whatever divine deity it was, they were stuttering and stammering and then, the, the instruction or the message will come forward, but even when you look at this and you study even this woman, it talked about how she was a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Think about this, somebody, when you see out, when you see people in the world who's struggling with certain mental illnesses, the way that they speak, there's a, a stuttering with it, sometimes there's a repetition with it, sometimes they are so, you, when you look at and even understand what the spirit of insanity is, right? It is doing something over and over again expecting a different result, but you're always going to get the same result, right? And so even here, these people who were oracles, there was a little something off about them. There was a little something, uh, there was insanity that came along with the spirit. And the reason why this is important is because even these things that that you hear, it's trying to make you crazy. It's almost like what we're believing, how the world or how these things that we hear will try to make us feel like what God told us, we're crazy to believe that. What God told us, you're crazy to even believe that. And But really, it's them struggling with that. But the more that we hear, we take on that spirit. Oh, my. Here is where you, we need to be, exactly where we need to be, but we won't come get this because it's not talking to what we want right now. And we have to examine what am I in need of this word for? What are my motives behind even wanting this? What I say that I want. Hmm. Hallelujah. Enemy is trying to distract us. Enemy is trying to distract us trying to take us away from trusting God and walk in this power. I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Even as Pastor Lincoln was talking about, sometimes this encounter, this warfare, when I go into prayer and I'm believing for God to do a certain thing, knowing and understanding the enemy is going to come and meet me and throw me off. Even in my prayer, you ever been praying and it's just like, dang, I can't even shake the song that I heard. I can't shake this person out of my mind. I'm trying to pray and direct my full attention. I'm closing my eyes. I'm putting the music on blast. God, I'm praying and I still am so scattered in my prayer. I feel like I'm thinking about so many other different things than what I came to pray about right in that place where you think like God is going to meet me, but God, I I don't even feel you because I'm still thinking about so-and-so. I'm still thinking about what I got to do Monday because it's Sunday and I got to go to work tomorrow. And it begins to question, and you have to bring into question, Lord, where's my faith right now? That I can't even walk in this power that we see Paul walking in. I can't even get into that place of prayer. I'm not even casting out those demons. I can't can't even just get into worship. I can't even just get to where I call on your name and I'm just like, okay, I'm in. I'm tapped in. I got my line where, God, I can't even get a hold of you, I feel. Mm. Coming to throw off this communication that we have with him. And he knows that when you do tap in, when the enemy knows that if I can get some word in me, if I can get that instruction, that thing that I need, that will give me the power to move forward. And this is a thing that even in prayer, what we have to understand, there is war that happens. And a lot of times we are so and when we're talking about troubling the city, sometimes we can get. And be so caught up in wanting to be comfortable and not wanting to be agitated or not wanting to experience any level of warfare that we won't pray. Where in, in, in prayer, God will teach our hands to war. He'll teach our fingers to fight. He'll show us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the putting down of strongholds. Psalms one forty four, Second Corinthians. But we avoid this fight that must take place. But he says that he sent us. And this is the thing we want. Well, God, because you said it, I feel like it should be easy because this is where I should be. This is where you sent me. I feel like it should be easy. God, like I feel like there shouldn't be no agitation. I feel like the enemy shouldn't be able to infiltrate my bedroom while I'm trying to pray. Like, God, what is this? And we blame God. But it's just like, no look at where you are what are you what is distracting you the enemy is going to come he's doing his job your job as you press in prayer to believe are you doing that oh my it says he was grieved what is grieved it means to work out laboriously to make complete by labor to exert oneself to strive manage with pains accomplishments or accomplished with great labor to be troubled displeased offended pain to be worked up the enemy is not just going to let you do god's will that may be your heart's desire god i just want to please you I just want to do your will <laughs> but it's not going to come without a price it's not going to come without a fight And when the enemy comes in, what we have to examine is just like, are the areas where we are quitting? Mm. The areas where the area, oh, this is getting too hard, God. Oh, hold up. Too much in a session? Mm Mm-mm. Trying to avoid that. It's getting too hard. I'm not going to pray for that person no more. And we have to understand that even where God sends us, It's going to be a fight. We're going to be met with opposition in order to fulfill the will and the purpose of God. And then even when we get there, how he's trying to make make you question your ability, because we know, God, you've opened this door for me. I know that you've placed me here. And then when we get there, it's just like, dang, do I feel adequate? Can I even do this? Am I capable? Can I walk in this power? Can I walk in this authority? Like God? I'm questioning because I've I'm hearing everybody else talk. They sound a little smarter than me. They have a little bit more knowledge than me. They read a couple more books than me. They've been in this role for even more even longer than I have. Sometimes even people who are younger than you, may knowing that you're more seasoned, like you've done this thing. Sometimes you've done this thing called life, and you may you allow others to make you feel like, oh, maybe I didn't do life right because It looks like they're doing something a little bit better or they know something a little bit more. And you question your capability. But God sent you here. You are the right one for the job. You are the right one to get this thing done. You are the ones that he sent. Mm, If you stay in that place where you're not distracted and you begin to question your calling and your capabilities. God is looking for the laborers. So he began to speak to me. He's looking for the laborers, those who understand that even when I send you. You know that there's going to be opposition and you're ready for the fight. And that you pray you're coming to him that he'll teach you how, because that's the thing. Yes, sometimes there are some places that we will go that it's just like, you know, God, I don't feel capable, but I'll show you when you come in prayer, when you seek me. When you come past the distraction, when you cast down what was spoken, that is trying to hinder you from believing what I spoke. Know that if I pl- sent you here, placed you here, I'm the same God who can instruct you on how to move forward. God is looking for the laborers who will fight for what he spoke. And you have to make up in your heart and your mind that you're going to fight. A lot of us are still in that place like, God, I don't know if I want to fight for this. Whew. Ah, God, this is what I want. This is what I believe that this is what you said, but I don't know if I want to fight for it. Oh, my God. Said Paul, turn to the spirit. And that's the problem. We keep trying to fight spiritual battles by natural means. hmm. The entire series of encounter, which I am so grateful. for, It was designed to increase our communication with God. This whole thing, prayer, praise, worship, deliverance, all of it, none, all of it comes from and stems from our communication with God, mm-hmm. our spirituality, our faith, our intercession, our worship, but we still are looking at our situations carnally. Here we are, December 31st, and there's some things we're just, we don't even realize. I've been looking at that in a carnal way. I've been looking at that person, the situation, in a carnal way, and that's why we quit because we don't want... Because we don't want to, we feel like this natural battle that we're in, is going to be too much. But if we just trust God in understanding, if I bring it to you, this care that I cast before you, because you say you care for me, that he'll show us the way in which to do it. And that's, we keep arguing and falling out with people. We keep not feeling like we're getting to where we need to go. Because we're trying to push and insert ourselves in a natural way. When God keeps trying to bring us back to prayer. And that's why we can't be frustrated because we're not even delivered from our own carnality. Jesus. But I don't know where. Lord, Help me, God. And that's why we're frustrated. That's why we quit. Because this natural fight that is supposed to be something spiritual that we're bringing to him, we get frustrated. We get grieved. Instead of going to war against it and speaking to the real reason behind the problem, the devil. We keep trying to deal with people in a natural way. Hmm. Taking the fight into prayer is what we need to be doing, y'all. And don't quit before you even enter the fight. Don't quit before you even go to pray. Because that's what the enemy is trying to get you, trying to distract you. Oh, saying these things so that you don't go pray. Oh, I know I need to go pray. All right, I'm going to go. Phone rings. Oh, I'm going to go pray. Your kids call you. Your spouse calls you. Instead of taking a moment and say, I need to go do it. In order for this thing to run effectively, I need to spend some time with him. And, I need all and speaking, I command that I need to go have some time with him. And this is the thing to know. This is. This spiritual fight. and, the, and, and But, to, you know, we see that this fight, even in the natural eye, this confrontation, this distraction. But sometimes, in the natural, it doesn't look like it's always a distraction. You have not grasped that even that you talking to an actual person, that we haven't understood that even in this natural person, there could be a spirit behind it. Right. And again, are we talking to the person or the spiritual thing behind it? That's what Paul understood. Here's this young girl. But I know that there's something else in operation, that there's something else behind this thing. And are we discerning enough not only to know what that thing is, but also how are we dealing with it? Because we'll treat people funny and treat people a certain way. And it's just like it's not even their fault but it's what's behind it. Even if they let it in, they don't even know how much of an influence this thing truly has. What's behind the scenes, what is almost acting like, you see, you ever look at, think about a puppet, here's the hand, something that's masking, but you dealing with what's really on the inside. You're seeing this thing that's the cover up, but what are you really dealing with? What's, what's what's in control, what's manipulating this thing? Hmm. I used to get so mad when the man of God would have a conversation with me and he was trying to walk me through truth, trying to get me to understand whether it's I messed up or I did something wrong or trying to even just love on me and encourage me and show me that, hey, there's room for growth in this area. There's an, there's an area there's, here's an opportunity to be a little better. I'm going to bring you this truth, take it or leave it from there. And I would get so mad. And I, you won't even realize you get mad at, and I was just like, I would sit there. You ever talk to somebody, and you know, you're having a conversation with yourself at the same time? It's almost like you're digesting what it is that they're saying. And I'm hearing him, and I'm listening to him, and I'm just like, why am I mad, though? Why does my nose feel like it's twitching? Why am I sweating? Like, let me not act like I'm mad. Let me not, you know, make it seem like I'm upset, but this thing is bothering me, and why? this thing that he's pointing out. Why does this thing that he's pointing out now it's bringing up this insecurity that I hadn't felt in a long time? Like, what is this? And he would be like, it would make me mad when he would, re- when he would be like, you know, and it's okay, I know you are mad. But I'm not talking to you, I'm talking those little, to those little people inside of you, controlling you. And I'd be like, I don't got no, li- who wants to admit that they got a devil? And that's the thing, we've gotten so, the church has gotten so much about image Mm -hmm. that it's like, I can't let people know that I got a demon. I can't let people know that I'm struggling with this thing. I can't let people know that this is a struggle of mine. I can't let people know that there's little people in me controlling me because I haven't walked in a place of deliverance and truth. But it was when I truly acknowledged that, like, Lou, you do got some little people running up in you, bro. (laughs) You got a devil, Lou. You got a devil. This is the devil. First, the acknowledgement of it, that then I was able to, now I acknowledge it, now I can use the truth to that will make me free. The word that will help me to not only decipher when this thing is trying to arise, but put enough word in me that I choke this thing out so it can come out. That I put so much word in me, there's not enough room for it to operate in me anymore, it's got to come out. Oh my. But we don't even want to believe that, Yeah. Or say or admit, I got a double. Not saying that it's okay, but the acknowledgement of it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a problem with this. Mm-hmm. And when I learned to acknowledge that spirit in me, that's when, when, when I acknowledged what was revealed and when I appreciated what was revealed. Mm-hmm. And that's when God was able to move because it's just like, okay, now change can come. And we want change to come. We want situations to change. We want people to change, but it's just like it ha- there has to be an acknowledgement. That's where the knowing comes in. That's the first thing that must take place. Then situations and people, they can change. Then God can use us in this capacity. It says command. God's not only going to allow you to make commands, demands, or walk in the authority until you first deal with your own unruly spirit. This is what he began to speak to me. Here we are. We're just like, God, I'm speaking to this thing. I'm talking to this thing. I'm putting my scripture on this thing. I'm saying I'm speaking the word over this thing. But why am I not seeing any change? Y'all, he rocked my mind. Because first we have to acknowledge because we don't acknowledge this devil that we're operating in is that we don't even see that because we haven't walked in a place of deliverance, because these things are still operating in us, that out of this place, out of this hurt, out of this pain, out of this spirit that we're operating in, we're speaking to something for it to change or we're speaking to something that the enemy has set up that we wanna change and it's like nothing's changing, but why? Because the same two things are in operation. It's in you and it's in the situation. A kingdom divided against itself. Matthew 12. He led me here because he said, Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought into desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall he then, how shall his kingdom then stand? You want to change your situation, your kingdom, but you're operating in this thing that is still speaking to the same thing in operation. You're not going to be able to change until you operate in the authority of the word. Now, then that thing can change. You know why it feels like no one listens to you when you're talking? When it feels like you pray and nothing is happening, when you've interceded and you feel like nothing's happening, when you make demands and it's not taken seriously. You're trying to make a demand of someone or something while you're operating in the same spirit. It's not going to work. Lord, help me. It's not coming over like I thought it would. My God, you're trying to make demands when doing the same thing. You're trying to tell somebody, you know, you shouldn't do that. And they're looking at you like, but you do that. (laughs) Oh, my. And we don't want to deal with ourselves first. We don't want to take the time for the word to be worked out in us for our change to happen. And then we can. Hey. I'm speaking from a place of experience. You shouldn't do that, and let me tell you why. Well, they can look at you, well, you know, they don't do that. So I can't really say that, oh, you, you do it. So that's my argument. I can just say I don't want to at that point. But to walk in that authority, that power, you have to stop first. You have to change first. Before asking others to do so, you have to do that first. Operating in the same devil, and that's why nothing has changed or been thrown down or been rooted out or pulled up because the same spirit, you are operating in that same thing. It's not going to work that way. And no one wants to hear the fact that the the enemy is using them or that you're operating in fear. Hey, don't be fearful. You're going to be okay. Yeah, but you walk in fear all the time. Oh, Lord. The problem is not allowing that change to happen in us. There isn't enough word, enough obedience, enough knowledge of God, enough love in us. That will deliver us and then we can make demands in the realm of the spirit. And then we can begin to operate in this power and authority. And then we can come against the enemy's op- the the operation of the devil and trouble the city. But we can't even trouble the city when. Ain't nobody listening to you, Paul, I know, Peter, I know. But who are you? And that's why Paul did what he did. Got to show them. I mean. Yeah, you operate in a place of vision, but I know this vision that he gave me. And let me show you the power and that authority that of what it really looks like. Lord help us. I know sometimes it's unpopular to talk about spiritual things. It can make it can make us uncomfortable, but if we're gonna talk about the word, we're gonna talk about the word all the way. Amen. And he said he came out in the same hour, right in front. It could be quick if you under things could be quick if you understood what you were fighting. Sometimes we make up in our mind, oh, this is going to be a big ordeal. And it's just like, it doesn't have to be if you truly understand. And that's where the word brings that understanding. Came out of her in the same hour. He knew what he was dealing with. Knew what he was dealing with. You know what I thought was interesting? I was just like, how did he know? He knew because this used to be Paul. A lot of times when we're talking about why we get grieved, because I have to look at this, I like, why was he grieved? They said, you know, they said he was grieved and he let this thing go on. And what he was grieved about is because he saw himself. The same Paul who agitated and caused trouble for the Jews, the same Paul who spoke against Christ, the same Paul who spoke against the Holy Ghost, the same Paul who troubled people who locked them up. Who tried to confuse them. Who tried to talk against it. And you're talking about why was he grieved? Because he saw himself. Why you get mad when you see somebody like, oh, I can't believe they doing that. I can't believe they would say that. I don't, see, I can't even hang around them because I know that's how. But why are you so mad? It's because you see yourself. Uh, I know nobody here. Y'all don't. You know, everybody's. Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized, sanctified. But no, when we see, we see that's why we're agitated by certain things. Paul was grieved because he saw himself. And how did he knew what to speak to? Because he was there. It was him. Uh, And this is why we need change, because it's like you can you can truly help somebody else that. You know, the harm that that thing has caused in you. But we're struggling to see and operate because we're struggling to see what it's in operation because we're not discerning because there's not enough word. Because we're trying to be comfortable. We're not trying to fight, but the fight could be quick. Mm. He saw himself. He also tormented the believer. Mm. And we get mad again because we see ourselves. And instead of dealing with the people by speaking to the spirit, here you are, you know why. You're agitated and why you're mad. But you're still dealing with people in a natural way. You're still dealing with this situation in a natural way. And it's supposed to speak to the thing behind it. What's an operation? You should know because you operated in it. Whew. And we make these, but they're the cause of the issue. This is why, you know, things didn't turn out the right way. God, you did this. No, you're the cause. Because you're not allowing him to speak to what's behind, what you're dealing with. Lord, help me. Verse 19. Let's move on. And when the masters saw that the hopes of their games was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and threw them into the marketplace unto the rulers. Everyone is down for the cause until it affects the bottom line. Everybody's, oh, yeah, we should do this, we should go here, we should say this. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But if it affects the bottom line, oh, that's going to cost how much? Oh, that's going to mess up my money. How? Oh, I don't know if I could do that. How far is that? That's how much gas money? That's, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Hmm. Oh, that's going to take away how much? That's going to dig into what? How much of my savings? Mm, I don't know about that. And then we'll really see what we serve. Even when we look at this, everyone, when we look at this place, Macedonia, it was a prosperous place. Understand that this was a time where they had, the Greeks had just came out of war. They had established Macedonia as the capital. People who, the soldiers that were there, you know, war brings a lot of money. And so this is a place where the soldiers had now settled. This was a place where fine purple was being made. That's expensive stuff in that time. Mm -hmm. There's influence in this area. A lot of soldiers reaping the spoils of war. I mean, this place is thriving. This place is popping. And even when you look at the religious sense, there was polytheism, there was was, uh, a Hellenistic religion in those those areas where, again, this thrived in divination, right? Like Pastor Lincoln was talking about. Divination brought in some money because people wanted to come. Tell me my future. Tell me how things are supposed to go. It dealt with even people just I want to bear a child. What am I supposed to do? They would give offerings, make sacrifices. There were certain things because they were like, oh, I, this is I believe you're going to speak to my situation right now. And I don't got to do and jump through the loopholes. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll drop I'll drop some cash. I got it. If it's going to help me in the end. And we see it even today. We're operating in a time where we know cancel culture. And we see companies, even in the world, big companies, changing their messages, what they believe, based off of the bottom line. Oh, we're going to lose that customer base? Okay, well, let's say that we believe in that now. When we did it before. We didn't talk about it before. We didn't deal with it before. Didn't care about it before. But, oh, we need that. We need that extra cash. We need this thing to reach more generations. We need to pull in those young people. So, yeah, we're for it. hmm be- And we don't want to get canceled because it will affect our bottom line. And everybody's bottom line can be different. As soon as it affects something that you want or something that someone else wants, yeah, that's when it becomes a problem. When everybody's like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, we're on the same page and everything's on the accord, it's all hunky-dory. But as soon as you do something that I don't agree with, it's a problem. As soon as I tell you the truth of, I don't think that you should do that, I think that that's going to cause a little bit more harm than good, but it's because it's what you want, that's your bottom line, that's your end goal, it becomes a problem. And this is where you discover who your master is. The opinions or the feelings of people or the Lord, your God, the one that you say you serve, the thing that you say you believe in, the stance that you said that you were going to take. They said, and when their masters saw the hope of their gains were gone. Masters. Who is yours? You know, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want anyone to get mad, you know. And we've gotten to a point where even as believers, the church today has lost sight of. The Lord they serve, there's no other way to put it. So that they don't have to experience problems with anybody else. Oh. If this is going to shake some things up now, let's not talk about that. Let's not address that. We don't got to deal with that part of the scriptures. Matter of fact, let's, let's, let's not use KJV no more, let's go to NIV, maybe we'll go to, uh, you know, the ESV, because the words are a little different, it's not as offensive. But the thing is, everyone else has no problem telling you what they don't like. Everyone else has no problem, this is what I believe and I'm proud and I'm free and I'm shouting it from the top of the world. Everyone else has no problem telling you, I don't like it, don't do that again. But us, we'll draw back. Because we live in a time where attention is the new currency. I love when Pastor Lincoln says that. Attention is the new currency. Where friends, likes, views, they symbolize your status, they symbolize your effectiveness. And they symbolize self-esteem for a lot of people. The self-esteem of the church has been entangled in numbers when it should be in him. And it should be in, is the presence of God with the people? Even what we see Paul walk in, can we say, this is my goal, this is my desire? Or is like, God, I want you to do it so I can have the car, the house that I want, the family that I want, the kids that I want? Or is it so that I can be a carrier of your presence? Is the church caught up in the lights or is it caught up in seeing people changed? That's the purpose of the church, not the things that it comes. It's nice, you know, this is cool. That's not the purpose, though. Oh, my. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's not even right. <laughs> the technical difficulties, Lord. But it's OK. There's worse still coming forth. It's not about this. It's about this word. And we've confused when it looks like something that is God. That there's this thing of God looks a certain way now, because even in this city, things were set up a certain way, supposed to look a certain way. There were a type of people that were here. And here's this man coming and not only messing with the money, but he's messing with the things of how things are supposed to look. Versus what it really is. The fact of what it really is. The real evidence is the power of our words. Not what's in the bank, not what I'm what I'm wearing, not what things look like, not the sanctuary that we walk into. What's in you and then your power to decree this word, to believe this word that when you go into certain situations, you're just like, oh, I know I could speak to that and you begin to pray, you begin to profess, and these things that you believe, where your words can begin to bring change and change other people's mindsets. Our ability to believe, our ability to have faith, our ability to trust God, not to be moved. This is the real evidence of the power that we walk with him. Why do you think the rich, they are always, even with all the money they got, they always going on some spiritual journey going to see some monk in the Himalayas. They're seeking something. Because that money ain't bringing no peace. They don't know no better than when they had it and when they didn't. They're seeking something. They're seeking spiritual counsel. But there's only one God that I know who talks back. The living word. This is the power thereof, that the fact that we can hear and the word can come to life for us and the word can instruct us and bring us and move us forward. The hope of their game was gone they, and they caught Paul and drew them to the marketplace unto the rulers. Here's the enemy trying to encounter you, trying to throw you off, trying to stop you, trying to hinder, to take him to the magistrate. And then in verse 26 and brought them and brought them to the magistrates, saying, these men being Jews do exceeding trouble our city. What is the magistrates? Again, we talked about how Macedonia, this was a place where war had just happened and they're selling. So they bring them to the commander of the army. But this is what I, it says, the commander of the army or it represents a civic commander or a governor, the highest magistrate of a, of, 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 of a, of a, a municipal or colonies. They had the power of administering justice. Sometimes we don't even see the authority that we could really walk in, but the enemy does. Mm -hmm. Where they're bringing him to the magistrate Mm -hmm. to deal with this. Where if we walk in that authority that God has called us to, it's like we don't even see the true power of this word that we believe. If we say that we believe, Mm -hmm. but they do taking you to the army does it really it was like does it really take all that and to them in their eyes it's like oh it does because this what you did what you just walked in we've never seen that before that was something different somebody else got to handle this. this is beyond me but if we only know and walk in that confident the same way that somebody else looks at us and see like mm, they trouble let mm, let's deal and handle that one early. And that's why a lot of us, even when we look at our childhood, you know, one thing I do, I, I, I'm so grateful I have my mother up here from Texas, and she's been with us um, since Christmas. And one thing that, you know, I've, I've learned to do over the years is ask more questions. You know, and a lot of times our parents, especially from you know, that generation, they won't talk about a lot of things. Whether it's because of shame, whether it's because it's like, what do you need to know about that for? That's irrelevant. You know? And because for them it was just like, look, we lived in a time where it was just like, you didn't talk about things, you just did, you just went. Things just had to get done. I had, she was a single mom, like, I just had kids and we had to go and do. Why wasn't important? You know, I think that that's a mindset that even us in this generation that we've lost. I think there's a balance of it where it's good to ask why and to know and to be informed, but then what are you doing with that information? Wow. Are you moving? Not, because it should be, now that you know more, you should go do. Right. But we get so stuck on the, oh, for real? Oh, that's nice to know. <laughs> but I ask my mom questions, and, when she be, and you know, the, it, wasn't, it hasn't been this visit. It was the last time that we saw each other. But I begin to ask her, how was I as a child and the things that happened? And even certain things she began to unfold. And I knew it was God because she began to tell me about the many times how the enemy, even as a child, would try to take me out. I was born. Boom. Nine, ten days in the hospital. Sick. And my mother in Puerto Rico, don't know no Spanish. Fending for herself. Fast forward another time. Could have been a terrible accident where I would have gotten crushed between two cars. Another time, even as you fast forward, you know, we didn't grow up in the best of neighborhoods. Shot at gang violence, you know. I was on my way to work, and I was, I fell. it was the first, to, and I always took the bus. When I was in high school, I worked full time, you know, to support our family. And I was, usually I take the bus home, and this one night I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna take a taxi, I'm so tired, I just wanna get home. Took a taxi, and I'm, dri- and I'm like, not even three minutes down the street from the house and I was asleep and something woke me up and I looked and I turned and there was a barrel of a gun sticking out a car going the opposite side on the sh- you know street you're not supposed to be on and I ducked down and they let off three shots. It was, the only thing I could attribute it to was, uh, must be gang initiation child, I don't know. But man, I, was, I ain't got no odds with nobody. Fast forward, so, so many situations when I, how the enemy was trying to take us out early, when perversion entered in early, when lying entered in early. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and it's just like, I see the plot, I see the plan. Trying to stop me, trying to not let me see my value so that I can't walk in this place of authority so that I can't do what God has called me to do and believe what he's called me to believe. So many things that have tried to hinder, hinder and influence us on our way throughout life, trying to stop us dead in our tracks, trying to take us out. But when you look at it, God, you were there. You woke me up before the shot was fired. You moved me out the way before the car hit. You. Sent some you sent somebody so my mom can have a level of comfort. The the nurse met her, gave me clothes. Pitied her. You were there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And now that we know this word, what are we doing with it? Are we believing? Are we walking in this power, the authority that he's called us to that we can go and give insight and understanding because the the reason why people are going to all of these oracles these fortune tellers is because the people of god aren't in place to pray and give counsel and i hear the lord say and here let me send you to this scripture and here let me share with you my testimony that can help you oh my Come on, y'all. We have to get to a place where we can't even get to not only just deliverance, delivering a people, troubling a city, showing them the better way, showing them and giving them insight, understanding. If we're not dealing with self first. Don't be grieved and annoyed. At your process. That you quit and you don't let God do it in you. Don't think that it's going to take so long. It could be quick. And then even as you've learned, it can be quicker for somebody else because you're giving, Hey, before you do that, I know, trust me. When men of God would be like, I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Hmm. Come on. God has called us to be that voice. And as we enter into this year, I'm so excited for watch night service. So excited, so excited that for this word that's going to come, that's going to lead us the rest of the way. Let the word go before you and trust it. Trust it so that we can be who he's called us to be. Amen. Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchofphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social. To like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchofphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.